This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. Running an ultra marathon like 100 miles plus just sounds exponentially harder than the same distance biking. Obviously, it, it is harder because you're not pedaling and you've got to go uphill and downhill. It's all that effort. You can't just ride. Um, but I just don't have any experience running that distance. The farthest I've ever gone is half a marathon. But I've biked, you know, thousands of miles. Um, and it's just I don't know that that world of ultra running has always fascinated me by the people that are in it, how passionate they are. And uh, our guest today, Olan Johnson, uh, who is our June ambassador spotlight, uh, she, she is an ultra runner. And on top of that, she has a full time career and just recently became a mother. So on today's episode, we're talking about the convergence of all those three worlds, what it's like, what it has been like, because this motherhood journey is a very new journey, but as you'll hear, very similar to ultra running, very similar to pursuing anything endurance-based. And we at Athletic Brewing are very proud to have Olan a part of our ambassador team. And if you're interested in learning a little bit more about her story, Julie Engler, our very own Julie Engler, has written a wonderful blog post covering some other aspects of Olan's story that you can check out in the show notes. And also, if you're interested in becoming one of our ambassadors, we actually have our application opening up on Monday, June 6th. So it'll be open for a couple weeks, apply, and then we'll make our selections in the following weeks to, to a month after that. And lastly, if you haven't seen, we have Rainbow Wall out again this this year. That is our beer to celebrate Pride Month. 100% of those proceeds are being donated to different organizations like Athlete Ally and the Out Foundation. It's in collaboration with our pro ambassador, Alex Johnson, the professional climber. And if you're interested in picking up some Rainbow Wall or any of our other beers, you can go to our website and use our store finder to find it on store shelves near you or just order it straight there and get it shipped right to your house. So from all of us here at Athletic Brewing, happy Pride Month. And let's go ahead and jump into Oland's amazing story. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for jumping on. I know life's a little crazy for you right now. What's, uh, I, I, you know, you have a newborn and all that, but what has been maybe some of the biggest adjustments initially so far? And by the way, how, how long have you been a, a mother? Oh, I'm super fresh, like 10 and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very new, still a new process, but, but how is it going? What, what, what's your review so far? Uh, 10 out of 10, definitely <laughs> highly recommend. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it's been absolutely wonderful. A lot of, um, definitely a big learning curve in some respects, but, um, just, I mean, it's been a joy and we've been super happy and, um, you know, it, it you can't imagine life without him now. It's a heck of an adjustment, but, but I, I read that adjustment has been, uh, eased by your experience with ultra running. I know that's your kind of your sport of choice or your activity of choice. T tell us about maybe some of the similarities that you've noticed in the last 10 and a half weeks between something that people might not put together as something similar. Sure. Yeah, no. Um, I think the biggest one would be the sleep deprivation, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, 
living your life in three hour chunks is, is, is challenging sometimes, especially in the middle of the night. Um, but I definitely have experienced much of the same in the races that I've run, especially, you know, the really long distances, like the hundred milers, just because you're going through the whole night and you are sleep deprived and you have to dig down deep and find that energy to keep going. So that would be one big adjustment. The other one I think is just, just being flexible, right? Because, you know, when you're running these long races, anything can happen. You, you might be as prepared as you think you might be, but then you hit a wall that's unexpected or there's another curveball like weather just so being on your toes in racing has helped translate very well to, to being a new mom. And you mentioned now you're, you're traveling a little bit. What, uh, where is home for you? So home is actually back in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, but we traveled up to Long Island where I grew up, uh, to visit grandma. So it was the first road trip with the baby and he did really well. So we're excited about that. We're hoping that, um, he's good for all of the long drives, but we'll see. Um, no, that's awesome. I'm glad it's gone well. So, you know, I want to hear, you know, you said you grew up in Long Island. Was, you know, was was running or just any sort of foundational sports or activity uh, something you did there? Because I know you discovered ultra running later, but what, what was there first before ultra running? Oh, I would say tennis was my main sport. I mean, what, you know, growing up, um, my parents were really good about exposing me to a lot of different sports. Um, like soccer and basketball, which wasn't, you know, a huge hit because I'm quite short. I'm only five foot. So that was not going to be <laughs> a sport that I grew with. But tennis, golf, I did, you know, running in high school. I was on, I was on uh, track, you know, those were shorter distances and I never did cross country, uh, surprisingly enough. So I didn't really appreciate, you know, my love for long, you know, long runs until, um, until I was much older. So I'm glad I found it because, and I, I kick myself now because I keep thinking, man, I should have done cross country. It would have, I think it would have been a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, kind of a lot of fun running, you know, it's mostly, <laughs> that's most other sports punishment, you know? So right. <laughs> from there, what, where, where did you start to discover a love for not only running, but running these incredibly long distances, like 50 miles, a hundred miles. How, how do you discover that? So I actually had seen um, a documentary about desert running. Um, and I believe they were highlighting the Four Deserts series. And I thought, wow, that is so cool. These people are just, you know, going out and doing these incredibly long multi-day stage races through the desert. They're carrying everything they need on their back um, to live on for the week. I want to do that. And I would say I discovered that in college and I'm like, oh, I should, you know, that would be great. But then the thought of running that far or doing the training, it just, it seemed impossible. And I always came up with an excuse like, oh, I don't have time right now. This is, you know, I have too much going on. I have to study. I'm trying to get a job. All of, you know, these, these life things to be, try to be an adult. And so I shelved it for a bit. And then I just kept coming back to it like, oh, this is so cool. I should try it. And eventually, um, I just woke up one day and signed up for it and figured that I would, you know, work through the training on the spot. So I'm not sure that my wife was convinced that I would do it, you know, follow through with it, but we made it work. <laughs> and, and what was that first ultra experience like? What race was it and how 
how did you feel? And also, by the way, when you started, how, how far were you running? You know what I mean? Because, I mean, a marathon is a huge milestone for a lot of people, but to just look beyond that initially is kind of even crazier. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. So the longest distance I had run up to the point where I signed up for this race was a half marathon. So I'd done a couple of those. I'd also done some 10Ks. So I was definitely comfortable with the shorter distances. Um, but the race that I had signed up for was called the Grand to Grand Ultra. And that's, um, you know, a, a, a 170 mile foot race through the desert in uh, Arizona and Utah. So you're going from the Grand Canyon to the Grand Staircase. And so I, you know, went from zero to 100 really, really quickly. Um, 170, and so, actually. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, so I, I just chipped away at the distances that I needed to hit. So obviously I started again with the half marathon, then did um, the Long Island Marathon as my first ever truly long distance race and then the 50k and the 50 miler um and the 50 miler was the last um long distance that i did in preparation for the grand to grand all right so so i know a little bit about the grand to grand i have a friend that raced it a few years ago and and yeah it's it's stunningly beautiful from from the grand uh canyon to the grand staircase uh national monument i believe and so it's it's just unbelievable scenery amazing um landscapes obviously very hot as well in that area but it's 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 as you lead up to this there's so many miles and so much preparation that goes in were there any of those races where you thought what have i signed up for what have i gotten myself into because the marathon which is a lot of people's finish line was honestly just the starting point for you absolutely yeah you know i i keep the 50k was tough because that one um that was the eastern divide which is in um virginia but in the mountains of virginia and that was the first time i've had ever experienced um and like you know an incredibly challenging technical course with a lot of uphill um so that was an eye-opener but it was not as bad as uh the 50 miler because i went out to colorado for that one um to run the Grand Mesa Ultras. And that completely rocked my world because of the, ele- I mean, not only the elevation change, um, but I mean, there, there was some serious climbs that we had to do. So that was probably the moment where I, when I finished, I was surprised that I finished um, within the time cap, but um, I definitely thought, wow, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah, humbling experience maybe. And did doubt ever creep in? Oh, absolutely. Especially with that race, because the first part, I mean, is a complete um, up and uphill to top of this crag and then you're coming down. And then the last, the later part of the race is um, on top of the Mesa and it's a, it's like a lollipop. Um, So you're going out and back and I never felt so slow in my life. I was walking. I couldn't even run anymore. So, and it was hot and it was just fully exposed and the sun was beating down and I just felt like I, I don't know, I want to sit down and quit. Um, but I kept going. I said to myself, you know, you just keep walking. It's better, you know, any sort of movement is better than than sitting to rest because I knew if I did, I wouldn't get up. Um, and then on the way back towards the finish line, uh, it, a thunderstorm rolled in and it was the first time I had run in extreme weather and, you know, lightning and thunder and I was moving so fast (laughs) 
and I would time everything because I had never experienced it before. So I had to cross through these open fields at one point and I'm trying to time it with the lightning and trying to get to cover really quickly. And so with the Grand to Grand, tell us about just some of those unique uh, aspects of that race, because you're also, you're carrying a lot more on your back because it's, it's a long race, but are you, I, I see that your pack is just bigger. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're running with um, a backpack and typically you're, you have about, I would say comfortably 20 to 25 pounds on your back. It obviously depends on the type of gear that you choose. Um, obviously lighter or ultra light is better. Um, but a lot of the weight, uh, is because of all your fuel, right? Like the food that you need to eat, uh, your dinner, breakfast, lunch, all the, you know, racing fuel, like gels and things like that, that you would typically use in, in other races. Um, so that's a unique aspect, uh, making sure you have enough calories each day because there are specific requirements put out by the race directors about how much you need to carry. You also have uh, your sleeping system, so, you know, you're running with uh, a sleeping pad and um, a sleeping bag. They provide the tent for you, but um, everything else is on your back. And that includes any extra clothes that you need, extra socks, um, you know, first aid kits, all of that. And that's, that's one unique aspect of it. But the other part is just the, the back-to-back racing, right? So, um, and the different distances that you might run. I mean, you're going from anywhere from marathon distance to 50 K to 50 miles and you're going in some extreme temperatures because it is, you know, it is very hot out there, especially during that time of year um, when they run it in September. And there's a lot of exposed areas where you're just running in the open and the sun is beating down and you there at some years there's severe rain. Um, Luckily the year that I did it, we didn't experience that. And it was a little bit cooler um, as well, but they really put you through the gauntlet of different, different terrain, like even sand and sand dunes, which was absolutely demoralizing, but so much fun when you, yeah. when you look back on it. <laughs> oh man. So, so, you know, we obviously have a lot of ultra runners and a lot of runners in this ambassador crew, but for anybody that is listening out there, uh, that may have never done something like this an ultra run on foot uh julie as you may have learned talking to her she's a cyclist i am too and so we don't do tons of running ourselves what is the appeal of doing these ultra runs like where where are you going in your mind or in your soul or whatever you want to call it where where are you going what does it leave you with that that keeps you coming back to do them that's a great question um you know i think there's at least for me, there are a couple of things. I mean, the major one is testing your own limits, right? Because no one's saying, oh, you can't do that distance. And every time you you chip away at a new distance, like the 50K or the 50 mile or even the 100 miler, you know, if your body hasn't quit yet, there's an appeal, right? There's this like, okay, like I can push it. I can push it a little bit more. Let me see if I can do it. Let me just try. And that is extremely appealing to me, that, that challenge of like, all right, Let's hit the next one. Let's hit the next one. Because when I first started running, I never thought that I would do 100 miles, um, let alone 170 over the course of, you know, several days. And, you know, I think another part of it is the the preparation. I love that part. Um, because with these runs and it's, whether it's, you know, 
your shorter ultra distances or your much longer ones, there's, you have to be prepared at three different levels. Mentally is a big one, physically, of course, and then logistics. Um, and it's like a little puzzle. And I love to, I love to put that all together and make it work. And I think the other appeal of racing and continuing to race these long distances is that you make it through one time and it might be rough, but you did it. And I always have that question, well, how can I do, you know, is there a way I can do this a lot better? Is there a way that I can run this same distance and feel better and not feel as horrible at the end? I love that. I love that those three uh, approaches and three places to, to, to essentially plan and prepare because there's a lot of moving variables in those and places you can improve, especially with logistics. That's a huge, if that, if you break those into thirds, that gives anyone a major advantage that might not be, uh, you know, the best athlete out there, you know, as far as like, I think, I think that's one reason uh, ultra running and, and, you know, cycling and stuff is, is so appealing to folks is especially with these longer distance, it kind of evens the playing field for the folks who can work on mental toughness, which is a lot less to do with being a six, eight NBA player. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, if you don't have that, you just don't have it. Um, but the mental side, anyone can work on that preparation side. Anyone can work on the logistics. So I, I can imagine it becomes a little bit of like a, a treasure hunter, an Easter egg hunter, just a, a, a fun way to get better at the sport. Oh, absolutely. And that was, um, you know, when I was preparing for Grand to Grand, I would, you know, had read a lot of blogs of people who had, who had run it before and then had spoken to some race veterans, uh, people who've run it more than once and um, breaking it up in, in thirds like that, that was the best piece of advice that I took from those conversations. Too cool. Too cool. What, well, what do you see being your um, athletic interests uh, now that you are a parent? Um, it might be too early. What do you see being kind of like your aspirations at this point? I think just getting back into training is, is going to be the biggest thing um, because it's almost like starting over again, um, back from square one, because, you know, I'd, I had stayed pretty fit for the first part of pregnancy. And then obviously as, as, things progressed, um, training kind of took a back seat and it went to almost nothing towards the end. You know, I was walking, but it's very, it's very different. Right. So, um, I think trying to figure out what the new routine is going to look like, um, and how to fit in long training, um, modules in addition to juggling the whole childcare aspect. I think that's going to be my focus for now. Um, but I do want to do another um, multi-day stage race. I think that I have that in my mind as being my A race to come back into uh, come back into the sport. And I'm not sure which one I want to do yet. But I had signed up for um, another race called Mana to Mana, which is the Grand to Grand sister race. It's run by the same same company, same race directors, and that that one's in Hawaii. And I had signed up for it, but of course the pandemic hit and it was delayed twice in a row. And so that would be a really cool one to come back on since it's kind of slipped away twice. And, and when is that now? So that one is in May. Um, okay. So I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do May, 2023. We'll see. Uh, but I think, I think that would be a huge, huge push uh, to get all that training done, especially starting that you know starting out from where i am now um and i had also entertained maybe doing grand tour grand again 
in September of 2023 because, you know, it was the race that got me back into or got me into ultra running in the first place. And it would be neat to do it again, to be like, okay, I'm back and I'm ready to, to hit these long distances again. Very cool. No, I love that. Yeah. You can't go wrong, you know, going yeah. with something, going with something. So, um, I want to take us to kind of the other end of the spectrum as far as activity and, and something you're passionate about, which is gaming. Um, Julie was talking about that in the interview she did with you. And I thought that was just so cool that, you, you know, you stream on Twitch, you like to play games. Um, it's <laughs> just going from running 170 miles, you can't get more, uh, I don't know, just stationary than gaming. Right. So it's like, <laughs> they don't seem that they would be two passions of the same person, but, but they are. Can you talk to us about what you enjoy about that? And, and, and as far as, um, how it fits into your active lifestyle and what you like to do on the side. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it definitely fits in to the active lifestyle because it's a great way to take a break and decompress because it's like you said, I mean, you're doing a lot of sitting when you're gaming. So <laughs> when I need to uh, recover from my long runs, I just, you know, would love to hang out with friends and, and uh, jump into some battle Royale games with them. Um, and then streaming was i mean i think it's it's a lot of people's dreams to be able to uh stream on twitch and and play games and meet people um in that type of format and build a community and it just sort of happened during the pandemic and i was able to meet a lot of great people and some people that i'm still in touch with and have developed personal friendships with um and even some athletes that are athletic brewing fans have come from that so that's pretty exciting. But yeah, I mean, it's just a really, I love it as a way to decompress. Familiar. I, I game with my brothers and we don't live that far away, but it's far enough that we can't see each other all that often. And it's just like our way to hang out. It's our way to be together. And it's, it gives me the same feelings and thrill as when I go to play basketball or when I go to ride my bike somewhere. And it's, it's, uh, it's definitely cool to see that a fun way to relax for sure exactly. <laughs> um, that is awesome so have you been playing a lot of games lately with uh the baby or is that is that just kind of off the table too right now it's definitely off the table for now it's I, I still game when i can um i've managed to figure out that when he's sleeping and i can get him in you know a baby carrier <laughs> i can sit there <laughs> with him hanging out or all you know with him asleep um, or he'll sit next to me in one of his bouncer chairs. Uh, but I, you know, it's, it's hit or miss if I can get through a couple games or not, just in case he wakes up or needs something. Um, but I've still managed to, to, um, connect with friends, um, and still be social, especially in the early parts of, um, you know, right after he was born, it was kind of nice to just take a break and talk to some adults. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Julie mentioned something about, you mentioned, uh, definition of productivity changing now that you're a parent do you do you have any thoughts about that what, what did you mean by that so you know I would say that I am a workaholic um and so with when I looked at productivity before being a mom you know that was hitting a lot of milestones at work or getting things you know uh assignments done ahead of schedule um, all of that type of thing. And then now with being a mom, 
the fact that, okay, I'm taking care of my son. I'm, you know, on top of washing bottles. I'm on top of getting him fed and make sure, making sure that he's happy. Like that is productivity now. Whereas before I'm like, okay, I have, what can I do uh, for some professional self-development, right? In my off time. Now I don't really have time for that. And it's, but I've had to, and it, it made me upset, you know, initially, you know, in the sense that like, oh, I wish I could do that. Or I wish I had time for these other things for myself. But I re- realized that doing all these things for my son, that's still very good. I'm still doing a good job. Every th- Things just change. Things definitely change with a kid. It's wild uh, in, a, in a great way. Very cool. Well, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd love to jump in a handful of uh, rapid fire questions. Oh, sure. W- what would you say your proudest achievement is uh, in athletics? Ooh. Um, definitely completing grand to grand for sure. Um, and hitting the hundred miler. But I think, I think the biggest one would be, um, you know, I mentioned to Julie that I had, uh, for a time, uh, I had to work overseas quite a bit, um, always traveling for work. And I was trying to train, um, in between all those trips and during those trips. And it would, it was the, I'm proud of the fact that I was able to get the training done and still work a very challenging job um, that was very demanding on time. And so, you know, I figured where there's a will, there's a way. Um, If I have to train, you know, several hours before my shift actually starts, then so be it. Or if I had to do it after, then we'd make it work somehow. That is definitely something to not take lightly for sure. That is very difficult to do, especially international travel. Gosh. Um, what that equates to me in my mind is just very long flights and lots of lots of jet lag uh, and still being able to get it done. Holy crap. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Um, what, what about outside of athletics, outside of, of just in general, what would you say one of your proudest achievements is? Outside of athletics, I would say, um, I would definitely say motherhood, you know, because that's not something that, I was, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm a selfish person, but I I, I do value my time in, in, in different ways. And, and I do a lot of things for myself, like the training and, and streaming on Twitch and other things like that, or, you know, self, you know, professional development goals that I have. And I think being able to take a step back from that and, and giving myself to someone else in that way and being, you know, taking care of my son, that, that is a, that's something that I'm very proud of. What, what, uh, I know these are, that's a, a very interesting, two, two very interesting hobbies, which is ultra running and gaming. That might be all you have time for right now, uh, being a new mom, but is there a special hobby or hidden talent that you often don't get to talk about or, or tell folks about? Um, you know, <laughs> it's funny because I, I do have a lot of different hobbies and I, my wife will say that I bounce around from, you know, different things all the time, just whatever catches my interest. So one right now would be working on mechanical keyboards and building those out. And it's just, you know, it's a silly hobby. It's very niche, but um, it brings me a lot of joy. So that's kind of what um, I'm filling my extra, extra time with now. What are some of the biggest lessons that you would like to instill in your son? I think one of the biggest ones would be, you know, work hard, make your own luck. Um, would be a big one. Um, just because, you know, hard work 
definitely, definitely pays off in the end, no matter what. Um, and I always say it too, where there's a will, there's a way. If you want something bad enough, you will make it happen. Uh, you will make the sacrifices that you that you need to make and don't give up. Because the thought of not accomplishing, you know, that crazy idea, right, that you that you got in your head a decade ago, you could still do it. You just have to stick with it and find a way and you will be better for it. And that's, if you miss the opportunity, you'll always question. That's awesome. Well, I think, I think he's going to have a great example uh, to look up to. So, so speaking of that, what is the biggest goal you haven't yet achieved? Ooh, biggest goal. Um, I think a big one from, from the athletic side, I, I definitely want to get into some, some terrain that I haven't, haven't dealt with before. I mean, a big bucket list, uh, race for me is, um, the ice ultra, which is run by beyond the ultimate that I would love to do. It's you're in Arctic Sweden and you're, it's the same thing, multi-day stage race, but you're in the freezing cold in the snow and ice and you're running with snowshoes. Suffer fast. I know. I don't know if I can do it, but I mean, I definitely want to give it a try. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds miserable. If you could, if I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> I can't stand the cold. So that, that that's pretty rough. But hey, you know that's uh, talk about a sense of accomplishment. That would be incredible. If you want, hey, what is your biggest goal not yet achieved outside of that? If you have one. Ooh, that is a. Good... <laughs> These are really good questions. Yeah, it's like we're helping you plan your life on this show. Just I know. It's... <laughs> how do you? What do you want to instill in your children? And what's your biggest life goals? <laughs> you know, I. It kind of it kind of touches on um, athletics a little bit, but I would love to experience maybe even running an ultra with my son in the future. Hmm. Whether it's a multi day stage race or just uh, just maybe a 50 miler or a hundred miler. But I think that would be a really, really cool experience to go through with him, especially if he sees me doing these types of things growing up. Foresee that there's going to be a lot of uh, sideline cheering for the first <laughs> little while. And then just being inspired by mom to, um, to get out and do that stuff. So yeah, that would be incredible. What an incredible thing um, to be able to experience with a child. So what would you say, and it's shifting gears here, uh, breaking it down just a little bit, What do you, do you have an athletic brewing beer that you find uh, just as one of your favorites? Sure. We love uh, the sours. I mean, we just, the tropical sour uh, that came out a couple months ago, that was delicious. We are huge fans. And then I was also drinking a bit of the Carabunga, which is fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. We'll have to call, tell Kara. Kara's one of the uh, former brewers, now our Two for the Trails director and awesome. our B Corps director. So, yeah, Kara is already a legendary brewery in, uh, in the athletic brewing world, but that's awesome. Um, how do you live without compromise? Because, like I said before, it says brew without compromise on our cans. and uh, But we think in order to brew without compromise, you have to kind of live without compromise in every way. What does it mean to you to live without compromise? To me, living without compromise um, has to do with just getting it done, right? Um, and like I talked about with my training when I was when I was overseas, it's just making things happen, like regardless of how many hours you have to work or whatever else is going on, you will figure out a way 
to achieve that goal that you have in your mind. And it's not to say that you're, you know, going to be selfish and, and not take care of your other responsibilities. It's, it's the whole package. It's doing what you need to do to get your personal goals done without compromising your things that you need to do in your daily life, whether that's with your family, work, all of that. There you have it, folks. That is Olan's, some of Olan's story. If you want to hear more or read more, go check out the blog post that's in the show notes. And if you haven't already, go ahead and pick up some Rainbow Wall or any of our other beers at our website, athleticbrewing.com. And you can also find us on store shelves near you if you are interested. But until next time, from all of us here at Athletic Brewing, happy Pride Month and keep living without compromise. Oh,